Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Mark 5, starting at verse number 25. Very familiar scripture we have preached from, studied many times. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, God, for your spirit that's dwelling in this place. Lord, we know you're here. We feel you tonight, asking you, Lord, that you would bring our scattered minds together. God, because it's this word that we need to hear tonight, Lord. Oh, it's encouragement, it's strength, Lord, to our souls that we need tonight. Lord, speak through these lips of clay and bring anointing upon my mind, upon my spirit, God. In Jesus' name, we'll go away from here different than we came. In the name of the Lord right now, amen and amen. You can be seated. I want to speak tonight on this subject, the issue of the church, the issue of the church. Man, everybody said the issue of the church. Tonight, I want to make a statement and see how many of you can relate to what I'm saying. I want to make this statement because I feel like tonight that this is a statement that we all could make and say. And I have told myself in prayer many times this statement, have said it over and over, what I have is not what I've been promised. What I have is not what I've been promised. How many can say that? I believe we've been promised more than we are claiming. Amen. And more than we have witnessed even now. In fact, in John 14 and verse number 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall ye do also. And then I like this, and greater, everybody said greater. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So the Lord give us a promise that because he left here, that we would not only do the works that he done, but we would do greater works. Everybody said greater I don't know about you, but I want to keep that in my mind that 
What we are promised is greater than what we are seeing. I don't know, maybe, maybe you're seeing and I'm not. But what I've been promised is not near as great as what it's it's not near as what what I what I've got is not near as good as I've been promised. I've been promised something even greater than the place that I'm at. And if there has ever been a time in which we have needed a revival church, it's now. Praise everybody say amen. Hallelujah. I began to think about this statement and I started to make it and then I threw something in. I said we are not lacking in noise. But then, Brother Mason, I began to think maybe that wasn't solely a true statement. And then I began to think about it, and I thought maybe I could do it this way. We are not lacking in noise at times. But we are lacking in manifestation. Glory. Hallelujah. In other words, that word manifestation in the Greek means to shine publicly or openly. In other words, we as the church, amen, ought to shine and ought to have a manifestation. It ought to be seen. It ought to, it ought to be no secret what we are and what God, if God is real in the church or not. It ought to be seen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we ought to shine as apostolic church. We are in great need to produce, by the help of God, a revival church. We're in great need. We need it. Mount Carmel needs a revival church. And who's it going to be if it's not us? How is it going to happen? How is it going to get evangelized if it's not us? Somebody say yes. Glory. I believe there is a good reason, though, we, why we are not seeing revival like we have been promised. Anybody remember all the promises and that's been given this church and, and all the prophecies that's been prophesied by several different ministers of what God was going to do with this church? Well, I believe there is a, uh, there, there is a reason why we're not reaching this revival place that we have been promised. I believe that we have an issue problem in the church. Glory. I believe the church does not have pitch, can I say, within and without as it should. Praise God. Therefore, she is not able to hold on to, can I say, the reproductive seed as it should. It's being spilled out instead of held on to. Amen. There is an issue problem in the church. Amen. The word pitch, we're not pitched within and without. When Noah built the ark, it was pitched within and without. And the reason it was pitched, the pitch was the sealer. That sealed it from the water getting in. Come on. So they pitched it within and without. And I believe as the church, we are pitched. Come on. Within and without. We should be. Amen. But I believe there is a problem, there is an issue. This woman in our story, in our text tonight, 
had a problem with the issue of blood that was flowing from her. Amen. And she was not able to hold the seed. It kept flowing from her. There was no reproduction because of the flow of the blood. The King James uses the word issue many times where the original word was seed. And her seed kept flowing from her. There was no reproduction cells within her. She could not hold them. And I believe that's where we as a church is that we are at the place where we are not pitched properly within and without to hold the seed of revival, if you please. Glory. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of being full of the Holy Ghost. Brother Freddie, I believe when we're full of the Holy Ghost that there's sealer on the inside and there's sealer on the outside. What's good on the inside, the devil cannot touch. Come on. And what we are facing on the outside will not penetrate because we're pitched within and without. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say Holy Ghost. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a problem when you cannot hold the seed. If you cannot hold that seed there, Amen. And then, then I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm wondering even how many, how many we have aborted. That it held it for a short time and then we've lost. Anybody felt like we have, uh, we have aborted maybe some? That, that we hadn't been able to hold on to them long enough? I don't know about you, but I've been questioning God. Why can't I hold on to it? Why, you know, it's good, to, it's good that we can see something produced, but... Why does it die? Why does it, you know, why are we not able, why are we aborting some of the seed that's been planted? What's wrong, Lord? And, and I began to look, and I, this is a reference, it's not up there, just to let you know where I'm at in Scripture. But in Leviticus 17 and 11, the first phrase of that verse says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Glory, come on. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can take that spiritually or naturally, and it's exactly right either way, because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Hallelujah. So I don't know about you, but I am going to try to get myself straightened up. Come on. Hallelujah. Whatever is causing me to relinquish some seed that I can't hold on to, I'm praying, Lord, help my spiritual body that I'll be pitched within and without. Oh, glory. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the enemy coming at us and sometimes feeling like you lose the battle. Anybody felt that way? I'm not, I, I, I don't know about it. I'm tired of feeling that way. I don't, I don't like to feel beaten by the enemy. But I think sometimes here we are, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I believe we've been here for a while. I know we're not the only church. I'm not saying that, but I believe the church in the, as a whole right now, there is a spirit of infirmity that's got a hold of the church. You know why? I don't believe the devil wants a well church because he knows that it will impede the progress of the church if he can keep us to where we're not feeling good. Oh, my Lord. 
Hallelujah. See, he holds our worship down when we're not feeling good because we'll come to church, but we don't feel like worshiping. So we don't do it because we don't feel like it. Or we don't come to church because we don't feel like it. And, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because this is not just true about sickness, but it's true about jobs and almost everything else. That if you ever notice that the devil visits you right before Sunday or right on Wednesday, most of the time, Sister Rhonda, that whenever, whenever, whenever I would get a bad report, it would either be right before Sunday, maybe on a Saturday night, or on a, on a Wednesday before church, I would receive a report that would disturb me and it would affect me. Come on. And the lights went out. <laughs> well, so much for the media. It don't matter. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, we're living in that place today that it is a serious place if we as the church, come on, don't realize where we're at and somehow seek God for our healing, come on, in the flesh and in the spirit. I need a healing in my spirit. I don't need to come to church disturbed by the enemy and sickness. I need to come in with victory. No matter if it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, God let me come through the doors with victory. Let me not come in with a broken down spirit, come on, or a broken down body, but let me come in feeling good. Anybody like to come to church feeling good? See, because we feel like worship if we come in feeling good. There's just something about feeling good. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. If your blood isn't right, honey, you're, you're, you're messed up. Come on. If your blood account is now, come on. If, if your hemoglobin is down, you're going to feel weak. I'm going to tell you, the devil loves it when the church feels weak. He likes it. Come on. He, he don't want you come in feeling good because if you would happen to come into church and if we could get everybody here at church feeling good at the same time, have you ever wondered what could really happen? I believe we could get to the place that we'd receive greater works than these shall you do. I believe we can get there. Okay, I'm going okay, to work on this a little bit because I'm going to tell you something. You all have got the ability... We all, okay, I'm going to put myself in there because we have got the ability to have good church. I said we have the ability to have good church. We got the know-how. We know how to have church. We have been there. We have had good services, and we still do from time to time. But I can remember when it was an ordinary thing that we come in church and we had church. And, and nothing bothered us. We had troubles. We had trials. We had sicknesses just like we do right now. 
The only thing was that we did not let that affect us because when we come in the house of God, if we weren't feeling good, we was figuring by the time we left, we was going to be feeling better. Come on. And if we came day in town, we wasn't going to stay down long because the first thing we done was hit the prayer room and prayed until the answer come. And when we come out into the sanctuary, God was already moving. There was already a spirit of victory in the church. We need the spirit of victory. Oh, 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 oh glory. Hallelujah. The life of the flesh. Is in the blood. I want my blood right. I'm blood bought. I'm mercy sought. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 119 and verse number 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The Holy Ghost is what pitches us within and without. Come on. It is the word that's hid in my heart that helps me not to sin against God. It's the word that's brought back to my remembrance whenever I start to do something that I shouldn't. The word is hid in my heart and it begins to prick my heart, Brother Freddie. And, and, and it says, hey, haven't you read that in my word? And, and say, oh, okay, Lord, I, yeah, I understand that. Come on. We understand the Ten Commandments, it seems like, because they're just so straightforward. But many other things that are touched on in the Word of God, we overlook them. I believe it's Brother Mason talking about the sin of omission. A lot of times it's not what you do, it's what you don't do. Oh, yeah, come on, we could shout on that a little bit because the truth is, I feel like right now it's not so much what we're doing, it's what we're not doing. It's, 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 it's you know, we can, we can win souls if we just go about doing something. But I feel like sometimes the enemy has got us so drugged down that we omit it, you know. It, it's no use to pray because my prayer, I've heard, hey, I've even heard people say it to me. It's, you know, I feel like I'm not doing any good by praying because it's not going very high, Sister Rhonda. It's, it's, it's not doing any good. It's not penetrating heaven. I'm going to tell you, whether you feel like it did or not, I want you to know that my Bible said God hears. He's not hard hearing. He don't need a hearing aid. You don't have to shout at him. Come on. Mm, I said you don't have to shout at him. He spoke to Elijah with a still, small voice. Come on. And it was in that still, small voice that it really bothered Elijah. And he had to go out and, and he felt the presence of God. And the earth trembled. Come on. At the whisper of the voice of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost pitches us within and without. It seals us. In fact, Ephesians 1 and verse number 13 says, In whom you also trusted after that ye had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Notice that, heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were, everybody said, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Glory. We've got a promise that when we receive the Holy Ghost, that we are sealed. In other words, can I say we are pitched within and without. 
There is, there is something put on there that the enemy cannot penetrate the soul. Come on. And when he comes with the outside forces, come on, the inside would be the mind, the heart that he works on. He can't penetrate that because it's pitched within. <laughs> and he can't work on our flesh because our flesh is pitched without. Come on. Mm, I said we've got the power. We've got the power. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you, I believe in a place that we are right now, the cares of life and all of things dampen our spirit so much that we feel like that we don't have the power. Just, it's just not in me. I can't do it. I've, I've had people to come say, I, just, I can't make it. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I can't. But I can do all things through Christ, Brother Mike, who strengthens me. It's, it's not in me, but it's in him. I've got to understand that I'm dependent on something that's greater than me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Holy Ghost is, is our sealer. The Word becomes mature in us, and we become so full, just like Jeremiah said, that it was like fire shut up my bones and I couldn't stay. In other words, I couldn't hold it any longer. It burst forth. Honey, when you're pitched within and without and there's no leakage from the outside in and none from the inside out, after a while that word of God is going to, that seed is going to grow in you until a place to where you're going to have to spew it out to somebody. Somebody's going to have to receive some word. Somebody's going to get a testimony from you. Because if it was really real, you're going to tell somebody about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this lady in our scripture, she said, if I can just touch his clothes. If I can just touch his clothes. I'll come back to that in a minute. So if I can just touch his clothes. I don't have to touch him. If I can just touch his clothes. If I can just touch what he's wearing. <laughs> Come on. I said we as Christians should shine. I'm going to tell you. Sometimes all people need is just be around you. I talked about it last week that you could speak loudly and not say a word. Sometimes all they got to do is just be around you. And, and there's something about being around you. They don't understand what it is, but it makes them feel good. Oh, <laughs> Woo, glory. I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I believe God is going to get this place, this church to the place to where when we walk out in this world, that people in Mount Carmel is going to say, hey, there's something different about them dudes. They got something. Glory. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Our youth are not just ordinary youth. They're pitched within and without. Glory. I'm going to tell you, when other boys that's doing naughty things get around them, they, they feel kind of bad, like all shrunk up and 
very uneasy. You know why? Because they're standing by somebody. They're around somebody that's pitched within and without. And there's something, there is a Shekinah glory that comes from them, that penetrates them. Glory. Hallelujah. Tell this story. Sister Irene, last night, she had, she called for my wife, and she called for one of the nurses, she, she had a special one she wanted down there. And that nurse came. Be truthful, my wife tra trained, she, this is RN now, but my wife trained her as a nurse's aide boy back in, when she was 20-some years old out here in this same nursing home. She come and she sat down on one side. My wife went the other side. And she began to tell this nurse, how appreciative she was of her have been taking care of her and made her feel comfortable since she'd been there and she was just really blessed to be able to have a nurse like that. And I watched tears start rolling down this lady's face. She began to cry. And she laid her head down on the side of that bed and cried like a baby. And she told my wife, and she even, she even told her again today. She said, I, I never, I, I feel so, I, don't, I didn't know what to say to her. She said, because I knew that since I've been coming here, that she had touched my life. But I had no idea that I'd touched anything about her. And she said, I feel so honored to be touched by somebody like that. Come on, church. Let me tell you, they know when you're real. They know when you got the Spirit of God. There's something different that stands out. Sister Angie Craig, when she started coming to this church, I'd seen her in Walmart before that, and we talked a little bit, and that's the first time I'd seen her in years. I don't know, maybe even since graduation. I don't know. Began to talk to her, and the next thing I know, she come to church here. And she told me this. She said, you know, when we were in high school, because we had a lot of classes together, and uh, we were friends, you know. She, she said, you know, I, I, when we were in high school, she said, I knew there was something different about you. I just hadn't laid my finger on it, but now I know what it was. God. You said, well... Man, they ought to have been able to see. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes it's a good thing that they don't see the whole thing because they'd run from it. You know, I'm going to give you, hey, hey, the Lord, you ever notice that the Lord, before he ever fills you with the Holy Ghost, he gives you a little feeling. Come on. The night you probably give your heart to the Lord, you got a little feeling. You, you felt something. It was different than what you'd ever felt before. There, there was a difference. You, you felt something, and you knew that whatever it was, you wanted to feel more of that. So the Lord give you a foretaste of the Holy Ghost. You know why? He wanted to, can I say, twang your taste buds. Just a little bit. And that's why you came back for the second time is because you felt something the first time. 
glory. Come on, God knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me go on. I, I want to get to another scripture. Now I'm going to work my way back here in a minute. I got a lot to cover here, and I got to get it done quick. Rachel was barren. You know the story. Genesis 30 and 1. And uh, when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, the Bible said, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. So the Lord heard her prayer, and he gave her Joseph. Amen? And then if we read again in Genesis 35, verse number 18, and it came to pass as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name, she has another son, Benoani, but his father called him Benjamin. Glory. Now, let me tell you, she called him Benoani. Son of sorrow is what it meant. But daddy got a different vision on it. And Jacob called him Benjamin, which means son of the right hand, or can I say power. Isn't it amazing that two different people saw it two different ways? Come on. There may be some that's not tuned into you, and then they don't want nothing to do with you, and they see you as a banana. But there are others that you come in contact with that sees you as a Benjamin, as somebody that's got power with God. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but I want to be, I want to be a Benjamin. I want to have power with God. Come on. We need a church not born in sorrow, but born in power. Glory. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't think the church was born in sorrow, but I think many times we've put it in sorrow. Come on. I think sometimes that instead, you know, can I, can I say it just the way I would? It is a many a times a testimony. There is more moaning than witnessing what the good things that God has done. Come on. If I'm going to testify, I want to tell something good. I want to tell how good God has done been. I want to tell what he's done in my life and what a difference he's made. You ever notice somebody that's brand new Christian come in, may not know a thing about the Bible, may not know nothing about anything, but when they've been touched for God and, 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 uh, and, and been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, that what you see is they start witnessing to everybody. They don't care who it is. You know what they do? They don't get the Bible out and give a, 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 a long six-week Bible study, Brother Jerry. What they do is, is they take their experience and they begin to tell them what God has done for them, the change that he's made in their life. And it becomes so positive that when others hear that, they said, I don't know what this is, but whatever it is you got, I want some of it because I see a change in you. It's the light shining through. It's a change. Praise God. Hallelujah. The only kind of fountain that we need flowing out of us is praise. 
praise that has to be worked up is really not praise. Come on. Praise ought to be something that flows. It ought to be something that we don't have to work up. Come on. We don't have to. I'm sorry. Yeah. Forgive me, Brother Mason. But I've been to many churches where I felt like I had singspiration before the word ever come. You know, you sing for an hour. Been places where it was nine o'clock before you got on the floor. Two hours of singing and whatever the people want to do. Then when the preacher got up, everybody's dead and ready to go home. Come on now, church. If we can worship during the songs, we can sure worship during the Word. I don't know about you, but I really got excited. I really got excited Sunday morning while pastor was preaching and, and Sister Nadine come out of that seat and, buddy, I mean, she wore this side out over here. I mean, she flat wore it out. Brother, Brother Mason, it's been a while since I've seen that. And, and I really wish I'd had a video of that, you know. I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to have seen that on, uh, you know, Facebook or someplace, you know. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Anybody else get excited about that? I did. And why should that be extraordinary in an apostolic church? It ought to be a normal thing that people begins to worship. Not only in the song, and it ought to happen during the song. That's our time of worship. That's when the church has time to worship. But it ought to happen during the preaching of the word. For the, the word is what's going to keep you. I can worship and shout the glory down to two dozen songs, but it's not going to keep me tomorrow. But the word of God that goes forth is going to keep me tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, and next week. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Got to hurry here. It's trying, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need a church burned in power. Hallelujah. I want, I want to talk about real quick, and maybe I can get through this real quick, hopefully. I want to talk about the three dimensions of grace. And I want to, I want to, I want to, Let's follow this through from the outer court. The first being the outer court, which there is natural light in the outer court. It's a natural light, okay? The second dimension of grace is the holy place. Everybody said the holy place. It's where the golden candlestick is, and it's artificial light, and it's up to man to keep it burning. Come on. It's up to man to keep the light burning. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, Bible said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So I feel like to a certain extent it's up to us to keep that fire burning in our soul. We can do things to hinder that fire or we can do things to kindle that fire. Amen? That's the holy place. Everybody said the holy place. Glory. So man, it's up to man in the holy place to keep the light burning. Amen. 
in the holiest. Number three is the holiest of holies. And it's where the light of God shines. It is the Shekinah glory of God. It's in this place that Brother Mason, the music does not generate the praise. But God is in full control. This is the place where the cherubims are overlooking the mercy seat and their wings touch, but their eyes never meet because they have their eyes on the mercy seat. They have their eyes on the blood on the mercy seat. And one cherubim shouts, he's holy. And the other says, you're right, he's holy. They shout back and forth how holy God is. Come on. They worship. Come on. The holiest of holies is the place that we come and we meet God for ourselves. The, 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 the middle wall of partition has been broken down. Come on. The, the curtains has been written in twain now. They've been, they've been written in twain, ripped in twain. And now it is open for every man to go on in from where the place that you keep the light burning till you can go through and you can go inside and you can put your petition before the Lord. Amen. And you can stand in His presence and all and feel the light of God as it begins to move upon you now. Now you become a lightning rod. Hallelujah. There is power now that, you can, that can be had because the holiest of holies is there. And that's where the cherubims are worshiping. That's when worship is going on. And it's genuine worship. It's worship that everybody can see Christ in you, the hope of glory. And let me say it. The holiest of holies is where we don't look at other sins, but we look at the blood that covers. Come on, we don't make light of other sins, but we look at the blood that covers those sins. Now, let me, let, me, let me talk about this. There are three garments of grace. A garment manifests what it contains. I know, let me say that again. I want, you, I want that to get through. I said a garment manifests what it contains. How you dress tells something about you. I said a little, I touched on this a week ago, a little bit. A garment manifests what's inside of it. You can make, you can make that person that's on the inside, you can make them look good or you can make them look bad. Come on. Yes, sir. You can make them, make them look, you can make yourself look desirous. Or you can make yourself look modest and you'll be desirous anyway. Come on, because what we got to understand, it's not really our body, but it's what's inside. How many times have you seen somebody, and I'll put this on both sides of the fence so everybody can enjoy it, but how many times have you seen You know, that lady that you thought could be a beauty queen. And ladies, you saw that guy that thought he invented, it's just like he invented ugly. 
But all at once, the Spirit of the Lord got a hold of them and changed their life. And I have noticed that on both sides of the fence, that ugly became handsome. Come on. And that and that tried to make themselves desirous just become beautiful just by who they were. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> because it was a meek and a holy spirit. Come on. Mm, yeah. That makes you desirous. And then that, 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 that young lady or that lady that, that just, you know, I don't care. She could have even been ugly. But the truth is, you ever notice that their looks change because their spirit changed? Oh, yeah. You begin to look at them in a whole different way. God, help us at First Apostolic Church that we don't look at everybody like they look when they come in the door. That we see beyond that. Because you know what the Lord does? I'm going to tell you, He looked at every one of us and he looked beyond our fault, and he seen something in us that he could use. He could have called us ugly. But he looked beyond where we was at, and he thought, you know, I can make a beautiful person out of that. Glory. Glory. Somebody say amen. I'm calling by the help of the Lord First Apostolic Church to let's look at people in a different way than we've ever looked at them before. Because I'm telling you, there is an issue that we need to settle. We need to get pitched within and without to, so we see people when they come in that door that I don't care what they look like, how many earrings, how many nose rings, no matter what their hair looks like. No matter how many tattoos they've got that God can save them and deliver them. And they can become a different person. They don't have to be who they look like. God. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. A garment manifests what it contains. That's why that lady with the issue of blood said, if I can touch the hymn. If I can just touch his garment, I don't, I don't have to touch him because what I'm touching is touching him. <laughs> what's in this garment, honey? It's manifested from what's on the inside of it. And if I touch the garment, then I've got the power that's on the inside of this garment. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, I'm about to feel the Holy Ghost here. Glory. Hallelujah. So the first garment of grace is salvation because it is the inner garment he clothes us with to hide our sin come on I said he hides our sin number two is the robe of righteousness Ezekiel 61 and 10 says he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness now, I want to I began to get excited as I was sitting in here. I believe it was today I was sitting in here. Yeah, I wasn't yesterday. I wasn't in here yesterday, I don't think. But when the devil, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, church, that 
when the devil, I like to think about it this way, when the devil walks in the house and he looks at you and says, you have no right. Have you ever felt like the devil done that to you? That you have no right? I'm going to tell you something. He can't tell if it's you or God. Because it's God's righteousness and he's not sure who he's looking at. Because it is God's righteousness because my righteousness is his filthy rags. So honey, when you put on the robe of righteousness, the devil's not even sure who he's talking to. So we've got authority and it shakes the devil up because he don't know who he's talking to. Let me tell you, I can tell you who he's talking to. It's Christ in me and you. Come on, the hope of glory. Because I've got Jesus on the inside, and he's working on the outside. I'm pitched within and without. Come on, church. We didn't used to let things bother us like we do. New faces walked through our doors, Brother Freddie. It did not matter. It did not matter. We was going to worship just like we did if, if it was just our church there. But now, if we're not careful, there's something within us that said we want, we're growing up now, we want to act civilized. Why would you be afraid to act apostolic? The Lord said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm planning on just going ahead and shining forth. Come on. I'm, I'm, yeah. Just because we got company. Hey, let me tell you, they've come here for a reason anyway. They're probably tired of where they're at. They may be tired of old dry services and those that you sleep through. And come on. They, they may be tired of going and nodding off and, and, and enduring. You ever went and endured a service? Come on. We've had people come in here that's endured services, and it was, it was said, I, I don't know, just here, was, somebody told me just a week ago, somebody said, so I'll tell you what, you won't go sleep in that church. I'm like, well, thank God. Well, glory. It might have been after Sunday morning. I don't know. I hope Sister Nadine woke them up. Glory. I'm going to tell you one thing. I remember the first service in this church. I remember Bill Wheatcroft that was a part of this church before we came. I remember standing out in the front and him coming through and we was all shaking hands out there. And he looked and he, he shook hands with me and he said, I'll tell you one thing, you all got the Spirit of God in this place. Come on. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It wasn't just pastor that had the spirit of God he said you all got the spirit of God in this place in other words he's seen a manifestation wherever he looked and he said there's a spirit of God in this place he reasoned within himself that it was shining forth and it was not hard to see that's what it ought to be we ought to produce a revival church by the Holy Ghost power of God that's in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The third garment of grace 
It's the outer garment. It's called the garment of praise. This is a garment that's very important because it's what the world sees first when they come into First Apostolic Church. In Isaiah 61 and 3, it says the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Come on. Hallelujah. And that last phrase in that verse says that he might be glorified. Yeah. Come on now. This is the first thing that the world must touch in the church is praise. You, know, you, you stay with me a little bit. What I'm saying is, what they notice the most when they come into church, the first thing they notice usually is how we worship and how we pray. And if they don't see that, they're going to wonder if we're really apostolic like we say we are. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm telling you, church, there is an issue problem in the church, and we need to get this issue that's keeping us from worshiping God. Come on, we need to go back a few years. If we need to, let's go back and pick up a few years, and let's hit the prayer room like we used to hit it. Let's keep on doing what we've done, and, and if we'll do what we've done back in the first church, we won't have to, come on, I'm going to say this, you won't have to advertise it on the billboards. It'll be by word of mouth. They'll say, you need to go down and visit First Apostolic Church there on 1120 Cedar, 1121 Cedar, because something is happening down there. I've, I've heard some reports, come on, they're, 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 they're seeing people saved, they're seeing people, they're, there's people dancing in there, I've, man, they're, they're even worshiping outside the church. Things are happening in their workplace, and they're, uh, there's, there's reports of people being healed. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't we as a church want to be the church? Why wouldn't we want to be praisers if this is what touches the world first? I can't even tell you where they're from, but I, 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 remember, I remember some people coming from another apostolic church. And what was said to me was I like the way you all worship. I, I guess it was on a good night. It might not come on a Wednesday night, I don't know. Didn't used to bother us. Wednesday night was no different than Sunday night. In fact, it didn't even bother the crowd. We run the same whether Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. And now we have a great cloud on Sunday morning. It's going to drop down on Sunday night. It's really going to drop down on Wednesday night. Come on. I'm, I'm sorry. I know pastor isn't here. Bishop is, though. I got to bring this back to our remembrance because there's an issue in our church. and We need to... Come on, the seed is flowing from us, and we're not able to reproduce because we've got an issue. Glory. Hallelujah. Genesis, the ninth chapter, there's a story, very familiar story, and I'm going to close here. Noah drank from the wine of his vineyard, and he got drunk. 
And his son Ham looked upon the nakedness of his father in the tent, and he made light of it to his brethren. He started laughing about daddy being drunk in the tent. He was naked. Shem and Japheth didn't see it as a funny situation. And the Bible said they took a garment. there is an issue in the church if we're not careful instead of trying to cover somebody's sin we're trying to tell everybody else about what they done come on and a lot of times it's somebody that's just made a slip it's not that they're not a Christian they've made a mistake anybody ever made a mistake Bible said we've all sinned and we've come short of the glory of God it means that none of us are perfect we are all without excuse. We have done it ourselves. Come on. We have all sinned. Come on. But what I need to do, if I don't want to lose my reproductive seed, instead of just trying to uncover that sin and make it so everybody can see it, I need to cover it. Come on. Glory. Come on. I need to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Come on. I need to cover it by the blood. I need to cover it, church. I need to tell God about it. Nobody else needs to know about that sin. Nobody else needs to know. We don't need to flaunt it over the airways. Come on. We need not to put it on Facebook so everybody else, well, did you see what? Here, I'm going to take a picture of what so-and-so had on. I don't care what they had on, and you don't need to know what they had on. We need to cover them. Oh, Come on. We need to cover the sin. Oh, hallelujah. Guess where I seen so and so? You'll never believe it. Let's cover it. Let's not let's not broadcast it. Let's cover it. You know what? If we put all these things in place, I wonder if uh, we could kind of cut off the issue and pretty soon we'd be a praiseworthy church. Bless God, so-and-so ain't where they should. You know, they've been around long enough. They ought to be straightened up. Well, you tell me how long that is. Thank you, Brother Terry. Brother Freddie, I mean. If you're talking about it, you're probably not straightened up yourself. You've probably got a problem. You've got an issue problem. I'm not here to talk about their sin. I'm here to pray for their sin. Glory. And if we as Christians, Sister Rhonda, can't talk to each other about 
our little flaws and, I, and, 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 and yoke up with somebody and say, I wish you'd help me, make me accountable, help me pray, because I want to get rid of this thing. I'm tired of it. You know, this is something that's bugging me, and I want to get rid of it. And so, Sister Rhonda don't go out and spread that all over 10 acres. But when she meets the Lord in her prayer room, she prays for me because she wants my sin covered and not displayed. See, what I want them to do in the church, Brother Mason, I want them to see the good works in the church and glorify the Bible said our God which is in heaven. It's an issue problem that's in the church. And if we don't get rid of the issue problem, we'll never grow. Ham laughed at the mistake of his father and Shem and Japheth said, Dad, we don't need to see what went on in there. So they covered him with love. The Bible said love covered them all to sin. If you love somebody, you'll cover it up. In other words, what I'm saying is you won't broadcast it. Say, okay, I'll pray about it. I got your back. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm closing. Brother Mason, you can come. This is what's going on in the church. And I'm not saying just this church. I'm saying I believe this is a problem in the apostolic movement right now. That's why many others has gone as pastors spoke to us Sunday morning. That they have strayed from holiness and the ways of God. They become lax in their beliefs and They've had a new revelation, so to speak, and it don't take all of that anymore. Yet the Bible don't change. The Word of God don't change. He talked to us about it. Let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the issue. Anybody tired of not having revival but me? When you know that we've got everything it takes to have it. It's been proven from 20 plus years ago that we know we got the know-how. We know how to move in the Spirit when God moves on us. And Come on, we've got some gifts in this Spirit, that, in this church, that's in operation. It's not just the ministry. It's some of you sitting in here. When you really get in tune with God, that there becomes a place that you get with God, that God uses you in a special way. But there's an issue problem. We're setting on our worship. When the preacher gets up to preach, we're holding back our amens and our thank you, Jesuses and when I can remember that it was almost a normal thing that any given time we went to church that somebody was probably going to get up during the service, even during the preaching, and allowed to say, hey, I've got to take a little lap, and around they go. 
I remember Brother Homer Madden back in the first church. And I remember as a boy growing up in that church, seeing him receive the Holy Ghost. And he was never a very emotional person. But I remember one night preaching while I was preaching. And the first thing you know, Brother Homer Madden got up off of the pew and he, he took off walking. He said, I believe I'm going to take a walk. And away he went. Come on, church. You know what? We've got an issue problem now. It's, it's worrying me. Because we're losing something. The seed of revival. I wonder how many times the seed of revival is flowed. And I've not been able to keep revival. How many times, Sister Rhonda, have I failed in witnessing to somebody that I could have? I started carrying pastors. I don't have my pocket tonight. This is my, I haven't been home much either, but I've been carrying pastors' cards around my pocket that's got the service times and all. Sometimes I eat out at the restaurant. I'll lay that card down after when I lay my tip down. God, I want to reach them. Yet the Lord quickened me the other night. Don't let that issue of revival flow out of you. Don't. Don't miss it. And after the prophecies and after all of that, I think, Lord, how many times? Is it? Brother Fred, how many times has it flowed to us? And it's, we've let it just flow through us and we've missed it. Something become more important than Wednesday night church. Sunday, as long as I come on Sunday morning, everything will be all right. No, on Sunday morning, I'm going to tell you, Sunday morning's not enough. And the day and we're living in, Sunday night's not enough. Sunday morning, night, and Wednesday is not enough. As you see the day approaching, so much more. Oh, God, I need church. I, oh, I need a revival to start in me. Oh, God. I would to God that it could be Brother Mason. It's like you talk Sunday night. Some of the best services, some of the best times that you was able to teach when you felt the best and the best classes you had was after all the others that stood behind there and seen how it was to be able to stand before people. I'm going to tell you, you know what makes you feel good? It's when you're ministering the Word of God. 
and times you just stop because nobody can hear you I like it just go ahead go ahead and shout the glory you won't bother it won't bother Bishop you go ahead and run the aisles you won't bother me you're not going to interrupt me if you get up and take off running Come on, if everybody just starts turning around and shouting hallelujah after you, I'll shut up and just let them run and let them shout because we ought to be shouting the victory when the Word of God is going forth because it's going to pierce this world if we'll do it. Come on, if we'll do what we should do, God will do what He can do and we have never seen revival like we can see it if we'll settle the issue in us. Hell, enough of me bawling. This is what it's going to take to have a revival church. I'm closing with this as we stand. This is what it's going to take to have a revival church. And I want to I want to leave you with this question. I want you to be thinking on it between now and Sunday morning. Pastor's coming back and he's I'm going to tell you what. Mercy. I wish I could have that clip and just slip it up there so you could have seen it and heard it. Our, our pastor is a revivalist. Am I right, Brother Mason? He's a revivalist. And when he ministers, it moves people. All you got to do is just walk outside this church any place that he goes and you'll find out he moves people. It's, I'm not talking about just it's him that moves people, but it's the God that's within him. It's the anointing that moves people. And he's going to come back and he's probably going to be fired up. I would to God that we come in here Sunday morning and we'd whip out our poor worship and our praise. And we'd start doing it again. Not hold it back, not cover it up. Let it shine. I, I wish you'd just, just go ahead and let it shine. Sister Ron, it does not bother me, sister, when you put it in reverse and that face turns red and starts to glow. I love it. Nadine, I'm not embarrassed by what you've done Sunday morning. I was over here. Glory. Hallelujah. It don't embarrass me when y'all act up. But it embarrasses me when you don't. It's that sin of omission. What we omit to do. It's not, it's not those big things. It's not drinking liquor and stuff like that. We're done past that. Devil knows that. He's not going to use it. But it's that sin of omission. If he could just keep you from worshiping. If he could just keep you glued to your seat. Because he knows if you once get free and, and stand up and raise your hands in the air, that when you reach up, God's going to reach down and something's going to happen. This is what it's going to take for a revival church. Are you ready? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you 
and have a blessed day.